everybody, and welcome back for another fine episode of Oh God, It Hurts! Oh God, It Hurts! Oh, oh God, It Hurts! Oh, oh God, It Hurts! So, uh, you may have registered a cacophony of voices there. Um, as always, I am joined by my mighty co-host slash our man in Japan, Mr. Game Agent E.T. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm holding up. Glad it's almost the end of the year. I just want a vacation. And I want to spend it with all of you, especially with our 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 fine guest today yep um special guest to help us um usher out 2022 he is the host of retro futures culture and a co-host on the adult gamer podcast please welcome mr Hoptimus. how are you good sir I am good. I am so excited to be here. I am always, always glad to come on. Oh, God, it hurts. I listen to every episode. Love you guys. Woo. Like favorite towel. Oh, <laughs> that's the best way. Wait, wait. How many towels do you have? Because if you have a favorite towel, that implies that you have more than one towel. I just want to know. I, I uh, you know, that's, I'm a, that's, that's a secret. I think oh. what he means is that he goes through a lot of towels. But when he's particularly excited, there's one towel to rule them all. I think some people have a sock, but oh, yeah, God. to each his own. Uh, you didn't hear it from me. I, I, I didn't come up with that. I, I just uh, heard. It's, there's no better it's, way it's, to free your own house oh, off than with the aid of a sock. Yeah. <laughs> nice nice um, and convenient. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned previously, we are bidding good goodbye, farewell to 2022. Um, as always, it has been another fascinating year in the world of video games. Um, I'm going to ask our esteemed guest to step up to the plate first. And I would just love to know, Optimus, what, what was your favorite thing that you played this year? Oh, my Lanta. Let's see. I took some notes. Favorite thing that I played this year. Shit. Uh, probably the one that the, the thing that I just went complete ape shit over the most and, uh, you know, super late to the party was I finally played the Bioshock trilogy. And I played one and immediately played two and then immediately played three back to back. I was so enamored with the world, the story, the art direction. I just went gaga for those games and I was uh, glad to finally play them. Um, wow. That was probably the highlight of my 2022, at least as, definitely as far as single player games were concerned. Yeah, for okay. sure. I'm definitely surprised by that because I think I just... Because I played through Bioshock like right when it dropped, and yeah. me assuming that you were an even bigger FPS head than I was, especially at that time. Wow, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that, that you was. Party but with you that have one. to remember, Bioshock One dropped right around my obsession with Gears of War. Ah, so there was nothing but Gears of War. Right. Years, but uh, Tunnel Vision <laughs> prevented you from playing that great series uh, until years, years later. Yeah, and I got to play yeah. the remasters, so I got to play them looking even better. So I'm not sad about it. I I quite enjoyed it. 
awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, even did uh, even did an episode of RFC on Bioshock One and Two. Soon to do an episode on the third Infinite. game. We'll get to there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard you talk about it on uh, the Adult Gamer podcast, and that's why I went out and bought it for Switch. I have it sitting there, and I I'm looking forward to spending more time with it because right now, uh. I'm very. I'm getting very close to vacation time where I can just sit vacation. and out. And that'll be yes. Bioshock One. At least I want to be able to try to finish by this uh, vacation by the time it's over. Um, it's nice. pretty doable. It's not it. that long as those games go. Yeah, how long would it take to beat number one? How many hours did it take you? Not not super long, um, especially if you're. Uh, just play it on like the the easier mode to experience the story. Don't go, don't pull an Ed and try and beat it with a candle. <laughs> okay, because that game actually is a little bit harder. There's some clunky controls in it compared to two and three. Um, but it's just it's the world and the story that I think is is the most interesting thing about it. Definitely. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll take your advice because you know me too well. I would probably try the harder difficulties just because. Yeah. That's- what I usually love to do. I love a challenge, but I think at my old age, I, I think it's better for me to just enjoy gaming while I still can. <laughs> while I'm still around. I mean, cause we're no, I remember really, en- really enjoying that campaign, particularly with Bioshock one. Um, and I'm also just kind of a, I have a, weird fetish for any game that features vending machines in any real capacity as evidenced by my is it, is it because for, of your visit to japan um that's part of it um it's also rooted in my love for blue stinger which yeah. you know anytime i can drop a mention of blue stinger i'm, I'm gonna do that um so so anyone that ever wants to come to japan Yes, it's true. You're going to see vending machines almost everywhere, almost every block. It's amazing. Scary at the I same spent time. I genuinely frightening amount on things yeah. and vending machines while I was But, but you know what? Oh. Uh, I, I still have yet to find the mythical uh, lingerie uh, vending machine, <laughs> which right, I Because you're not going to a seedy about. enough part of Tokyo, Osaka, wherever. Right. However, however, I did find uh, places where they found uh, they have uh, those capsule toys, but inside the capsules are actual laundry. Wow! It's across the the way from. Uh, I think uh, I've talked about it before on not on this podcast, but on uh, social media. Uh, there's a retro game center called Zarigani, mm-hmm. and uh, right a. Right in the front of it, they have adult capsule toys, and uh, nice. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll have the the cojones to try one out to to see what comes out. But <laughs> to be honest, I'm not really interested in getting undergarments from strange machines. <laughs> so keeping it in this oh. uh, personal, <laughs> intimate realm that you've taken us to. Yeah, Eddie, I'm sorry. I was just what trying to enlighten you in Japan's lifestyle. It's all good. What was your favorite thing that you played this year, Ed? Wow, it's... I I would say uh, 
thanks to you, Pac-Man Championship Edition D-Make that's part of the Namcot collection or Namco Museum collection. And yeah. I'm just, uh, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't have touched it for several more years because I did give it a test drive when I got it for the first time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I saw the graphics were not the same and it the play field looks smaller. So I was like, uh, I'll, I'll give it a try later on. But then uh, when you were talking about it, and you were saying how great it was, I revisited it. And yeah, I'd have to say that it's actually better than the original. And there's a few reasons why. Number one, um, there's a lot more you can do because the play field is smaller. Mm-hmm. So to be able to chain uh, your power pellets, that can go a long, long way now instead mm-hmm. of like losing that uh, you know, you know, being able to eat ghosts consecutively for a huge amount of points, so your scores can potentially go a lot higher by chaining mm-hmm. more and more power pellets in the DMIC version. It's just as fast, and it's just amazing. The chip tunes are great. I think. Uh, would you agree? It would be a oh god, it's good game yeah i mean uh, in my eyes absolutely um you know that was really the last thing i expected from that game i mean i didn't think much of it like i thought oh like that's kind of a weird cool little thing that m2 did um but then when i started playing it and it occurred to me just how much faster it was how much like extra love they had managed to put into it because basically i think they just said well this is a game we absolutely adore but because we're all possessed game freaks that think about the design of these things particularly like the realm of fast action games i mean all the people at m2 are fundamentally veterans of some of the very best companies that ever made eight and 16-bit games so you can really feel how in touch they were with like, okay, what makes a game absolutely addictive in these five minute chunks? And so with that stuff in mind, they went about, you know, having it be kind of this non-official version that like wasn't attached to, you know, Tori Watani's specific iteration of Pac-Man Jamped gave them this license to sort of screw around with it and make it crazy. And so, yeah, um, it's really something that's pretty special. Um, We got to spread the gospel. I don't think many people know about this game, but they should. Optimus. I mean, I know I saw jo- a fair up on the pieces. <laughs> I saw a fair number of pieces when that collection originally sold, but mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people spent, that much time with it because i think if they did they'd be they'd be bugging out and talking about it more so i I guess that'll 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 be like our weird little side project forever more with that game oh yeah Um, yeah optimus join us my uh, high school high score battle is that the one that has the busted input delay though the snamco archives no you're thinking no. of Pac-Man museum plus oh we'll, we'll okay. get to that later yeah yeah okay <laughs> oh yeah because that that might be something you talk about in another vein um yeah. 
The favorite thing that I played this year, um, I was absolutely floored by Tunic. Um, and it's like, you know, I think those of us that grew up and, you know, drank deeply from the 8 and 16-bit well, like, we're used to, like, these favorite genres of ours, you know, the Super Metroid-style games, the Zelda games. We're used to those kind of continually being, you know, new versions of those games being made all the time. So when I first got wind of Tunic, it didn't really register on my radar. Like, it didn't punch me in the face because I was basically like, okay, that's another Zelda clone. Like, there's been a lot of those, etc., um, but when it appeared on game pass and I spent some time with it, I was absolutely floored by what an interesting way they managed to thread the feel of your absolute classics in the Zelda series, like the original and a link to the past. Um, but it was still very mindful of like something like breath of the wild, like the way the the skills sort of evolve in the game, the way the combat is actually genuinely ferocious in that game. Like when I play a traditional Zelda game, I've become acquainted enough to the series where they'll tend to die very often, even with like breath of the wild, but that game has some really tough combat moments And there's quite a few times where you will wander into like a brand new area and some new class of enemy will be doing things that you don't really have a frame of reference for yet and you will get slaughtered repeatedly. So it was really refreshing to play a Zelda clone in that way that also had this really beautiful and unique um, art style that you know, manage to evoke those old Zelda games, but really kind of do its own thing. So for me, hands down, the mo- you know, my favorite thing of the year was definitely Tunic. Um, and if you have any sort of love for those kinds of games at all, you should definitely jump on it. Uh, yeah. I know it yeah. came out recently for Switch, and it's on my yeah. wish list. It's probably going to yeah. be the next two or three games I'm going to get. and hearing that from you how good it is and i mean of course i love breath of the wild can't wait for the sequel next year yeah i think this would be a good primer to get geared up for the uh what what's the new uh breath of the wild game called again uh tears of the kingdom yeah get me geared up for tears of the kingdom but i think uh from the sound of it i mean tunic holds up on its own yeah, I'm sure. I'll just enjoy it for what it is, and that might be my nice surprise for next year. I guess. Yeah. So, um, I didn't want to dwell on like things strictly on things we love because, as always, you know, as gamers, as people that are aware of things that are about to drop or you know projects that we have high hopes for. You know, there are always surprises and disappointments in any year of gaming. And so my next question for you, gentlemen, um, and whoever wants to go first, you may. 
what was your biggest surprise and or disappointment in gaming this year? Optimus, you you go ahead. Me? Yes. You got something? Um, let's see. I only had a couple like disappointments that I wrote down. There might have been more, but I can't remember. I try not to dwell on it. But I, I think my biggest, my biggest continual letdown, and you probably, if you guys listen to the to the Adult Gamer podcast over the year, uh, was the complete lack of any content or updates for Halo Infinite. They like released that game at the end of the year, like surprise, here it is, and then it was a total crap show. And over the year. You know, uh, local co-op was promised. Nope. Uh, online co-op was promised. They finally added that. It's in beta mode. Uh, more maps were promised. They added two. Two fucking maps. Ouch. Two fucking maps to a game that's starving for maps. Uh, they finally added Forge mode. But at this point, I kind of threw up my hands and I'm done. I walked away. I, I uninstalled it. I was like, you know what? You guys, I'm done with you. Uh, that's <laughs> been my biggest disappointment. Probably... In all of Xbox gaming, is, is Halo Infinite? Wow, it's, it's it's really, really just made me. I don't feel like three four three. If they announce the next Halo game, I, I'm probably not going to be very excited. Like this whole thing has been just left a really bad taste in my mouth. Pretty no, let down. I, I, I was just wondering, why do you think uh, they just had this fall from grace? Is it like a change of uh, direction with the? the creative team i i don't know it sounds like it i mean a lot of a lot of people left they had a lot of temp people the temp people weren't getting paid that whole story with bonnie ross leaving for a family emergency i honestly don't believe it for a minute i think she was i think she either quit or was forced out um i just i don't know it seemed like there wasn't a solid direction i mean that that game went through multiple kind of directors and developers and like leads i don't know it it's it just sucks because i i really enjoyed i actually enjoyed halo 5 a lot the campaign wasn't very solid but the multiplayer was awesome so um i was hoping all right this time they're gonna do good multiplayer and good single player and neither of them really hit it for me. The single player for Halo Infinite was just kind of meh and really repetitive. And then the multiplayer, the gameplay was good, but there's no, there was no content. It was like the same five, six maps for over a year. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah. I can imagine playing six maps over and over again. I mean, as a Splatoon player, which I mean, I played a lot of Splatoon two. I still need to get three, but there's way more maps that you can play way more right way more modes and that's like the and there's a, there was a whole number of other things like the way they handled their microtransactions the way they handled the armor system it was just it's been a whole crap show if you if you go on to reddit on the halo reddit you would probably just go wow how, how much was insane. the uh, most expensive dlc type i don't know i didn't thing? i didn't even look I didn't even look. Yeah. That, I mean, that. What, what bothered me is that they had different armor cores. And if you bought a color set for one core, it would only work on that one core, not all the cores. Like, it was just like what? so randomly That's weird. Terrible. And yeah. 
Where do I don't you know. Think I've never seen such a from, weird man. mess. I, mean, do you I don't think... know. It seemed like there was like three or four different teams working all the game on the game, and they weren't communicating because it just turned into this big mess. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, I, it feels like like you think about a company the size of Microsoft, right? Right. And the size of that team probably working on that game, like you would absolutely need like a really meticulous, like overall director or project manager to make sure that all of those different, like minor systems are being implemented in a game, in a game like that, in a way that, you know, player satisfaction is still like, the most important thing, right? You would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was I mean when I when I played the beta, I was like, oh I'm not sure. And I was really I played the beta and then when they released the final game, like not too long afterwards, I was like, this is the same fucking thing. Like they didn't even do anything. Like it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. You know, it was and that's wild to think that that was originally slated to come out even earlier. Right. <laughs> you know it what I mean? terrible in, that, yeah. in that 2020 preview. Yeah, it looked really rough. Yeah. Yeah. And I it was only because is... everybody flipped out and was just like, what on earth is this? This is not ready yeah. that they relented. But it's crazy that that whole extra year didn't even buy them or maybe it did. Maybe it was that much worse before. I mean, who's to know, right? Right. Uh, do you think, yeah. is it extra difficult when you've got a player base that still actively loves and spends time with the Master Chief collection? Yeah. Well, I think they were they were straddling a fence, right? Cuz you've mm-hmm. got there's a very vocal outspoken group that basically just wants Halo 3 gameplay all the time. They don't want any new progressions. They don't want loadouts. They don't want they don't want you to change anything. They want to just play like Halo 3 but look better and or change one tiny thing but we'll still bitch about it. And and <laughs> So they just want another, that frozen in amber, basically. Yeah, and then you've got another group that's like, well, we'd like to see some improvement because it gets tired of playing the same thing. Like, I liked Halo 4 gave weapon loadout. I mean, it didn't break the mold. You couldn't, like, change every part of the weapon. It just gave you, like, okay, you can pick this as a loadout option. Instead of loading with a battle rifle, you can load with an assault rifle, and you can have one, like, you could pick a different special skill. Like, they added in Reach. Right, Reach mm-hmm. was the last game that Bungie did, and then Four was the first one that Three Four Three did. I liked that. Five did something. Um, they took out the loadouts, but they added a lot more movement to the Spartans, which I really love. Like you could jump and boost and slam, and overall, I just felt like okay, now I feel like a super Spartan. And then we go to Infinite, and they kind of did what the Halo Three people did. They stripped all that away. You walk really slow again. They gave you a, a sprint, but it's pretty slow. You get to pick one, or you can pick up one perk on the battlefield. You can't put it in a loadout, and Ooh. the pistol's overpowered again. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's tough. I think it is tough, and I think that um, 
I think they were trying to straddle the fence on that release, and I, and I think that there was too many people steering that ship, and it was going in like, you know, trying to steer a battleship in five directions at once is never going to work. Right. Yeah, I'd like no. to hear the uh, story years later. Like, uh, uh, I think they had the uh, story about Anthem, how that mm-hmm. development team just had chaos all over the place because they had to what make a demo for e3 or something like that and it was like hastily put in i i I don't remember the exact details but i heard it was definitely just that sounds like so many timelines for games that ended up being trashed though you know yeah i think halo infinite would be another story to to read i'm sure there's probably a very interesting one there yeah why why it could be like a drama series. Like, I, I don't know. Somebody, somebody's got to do it. They got to put that. Well, that's on fundamentally what Matt McMuscles does with the, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I was just going to say, I don't know if there is one on Anthem or not, but you might want to, might want to poke Kotaku around had it, the uh, article about right. what happened to that yeah. whole team. And they got to make it in like a drama series where, they hire actors and they reenact scenes and <laughs> it could be like the uh is it the it's either china or taiwan one of them does like the the rendered version of the news with like the really poor <laughs> cg <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> so hire, hire some of was... the people that uh did the early builds of halo infinite for accuracy's sake <laughs> uh... Uh, it's really hard I'm, to be a fan of things sometimes and i guess uh i guess halo is kind of having its star wars moment at the moment right like that happens torn between the past and doing things in the future what do you do um yeah, <laughs> eddie what was your biggest surprise and or disappointment in gaming this year okay um I think you know my disappointment, and that's Pac-Man Museum Plus, because that's the one with the super bad input lag. Right? I remember seeing that all over the internet. I was like, "Oh shit, that's not good." Not only is it (laughs) laggy, but it drops inputs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking forward to that Museum Plus because of the um, arrangement uh, game that was in the arcades. That was really awesome. That game does not play very well it's terrible and uh as we mentioned before about championship uh championship edition i wanted that museum plus collection mainly because of that game and i mean playing the d make is 10 times better it plays better it doesn't drop inputs because when you play championship edition like uh james was saying it gets really fast. So inputs, if you are like milliseconds off, you can feel it. And it's crazy. Like, I know Pac-Man is not everyone's cup of tea right now, but everyone talked about how Astro City Mini V has input lag. And I have the the Mini V. And I don't notice the lag. H- however, Pac-Man... It's terrible. If you want to complain about lag, input lag on the V, the mini V, play, 
play museum plus and please raise us you know raise a storm about it like just with that same venom that same fervor saying like this is unplayable play museum plus and get namco to fix it because all they do nowadays ever since it got released i don't know how many months ago the only updates they do are for wallpapers for your stupid virtual arcade and that's it yay lame i think it's it's times like this that unfortunately you're reminded that namco is no longer really namco they are bandai namco and there's a pretty big difference i'm not saying that they don't make good games anymore because some of those games are really good but elden ring you know they just they come out from under this enormous tent you know what i mean and unfortunately something like pac-man museum plus probably had a very small budget they probably just said hey this is the this is the offering for this particular fan base this year let's just crank it out and have you know some smaller development house churn it out in far less time than they should and that's probably what happened with that unfortunately imagine if fm2 did the museum plus collection Unfortunately, Perfect. we can play the Imagine if M2 did this game did all, all the day long yeah. because yeah. I would like them to do all the collections, but they yeah. can't. <laughs> I know. But that that was in their Imagine backyard. if M2 did the Gates of Thunder collection. Imagine oh. if M2. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. the uh, recent uh, Saturn re-releases of Elevator Action Returns and Cleopatra Fortune and... Uh, Metal Black, I think. I don't remember, but there were a couple of shooters. Uh, well, Metal Black was a hamster thing. Oh, okay. Uh, what so was the not shooter? To the same. I know that. Um, I forget. I forget the name of the was stupid company Earth? because. It, no, no, not no, Rare. No, 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 no. uh, it it was wasn't a part of the Darius collection, but it was a branch of it. It was the first one that City Connection did, and yeah. uh, City Connection. You're talking about the the one with Cotton Two and um, well that too, oh, but the overhead tank game. Yeah, because they're using a Saturn emulator that people are saying that sometimes it works, sometimes you'll see dramatic slowdown, and oddly enough, the only way to fix it is to reset the game, and it works again. Yeah. But. It's really odd how their emulator is not up to snuff. And yeah. that's why I kind of refrained from buying it for uh, uh, Cleopatra Fortune and Elevator Action Returns. I want to buy it on Switch, but not if they can't yeah. get their act together with that emulator. Sorry. I had heard some noise that it basically had the same issues as the earlier releases by City Connection. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get your hopes up about that, unfortunately. Nope. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's why uh, people are disappointed. Yeah. My biggest surprise and or disappointment. Um, I can. I, I'm. I'm going to deliver one side of. I'm going to deliver both sides of this coin here really quickly. Um, thankfully, I finally managed to get my analog pocket by the end of this year. Woo. Huzzah. <laughs> Because many of us had been waiting. I think I paid for that thing like 14 months ago. So it was pretty great to have it finally show up. 
Um, I've been generally very impressed with the unit. I think anybody that just wanted like a modern day update to their aging Game Boy hardware finally has like a really nice one. And the big surprise with that thing, as I did not expect, was that many of the really excellent cores that have been developed from Mister have also been ported to Analog Pocket already. So nice. it's got a really excellent NES, Super NES, Genesis, PC Engine, Neo Geo cores that work now. Um, you can tell that there's still a little bit of finessing. Like they're not exactly the same as the Mister cores, but I'm sure that's just them like getting acquainted with the analog pocket hardware and its FPGA specifically. So that's really awesome to see, and I've been enjoying my time with that unit immensely. If there's a big disappointment I have, and this may this may this may get me in trouble with Optimus, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and finesse this. I'll I'll try to hold them back I, for you. <laughs> here's the thing. I I think so far this newer generation of consoles is not as it's not as enthralling as I hoped it would be. And I think gaming's in kind of an iterative state right now where if you were to point out to most people, like, this is a game playing on Xbox One X, this is a game playing on Series X or PS4 versus PS5. Like, the fact that new games being developed for these systems have to often be completely cross-platform releases. It's leading to some weird stuff overall, and it just, I don't know. Like, to me, I still think this generation of consoles has yet to see a game that's absolutely like, well, this is the reason that you need one of these two new consoles, you know, Series X or PS5. I don't really know that that exists yet. Um, and to be honest, I don't have a PS five yet, so I haven't spent a lot of time with it. Um, I've had some great experiences with my series X console. I'm still very happy that I purchased it, but I just don't see that thing that makes you go, holy shit, you couldn't do this anywhere else yet. You know what I mean? And I, and I feel like I'm still sort of waiting to see that. What do you gentlemen think? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you as somebody that plays first person multiplayer games, this year, that if you're, steel? dude, yeah. Okay. A, <laughs> you could not play modern warfare two at one twenty fourteen forty on the old generation machines. And it wouldn't right. look nearly as good. It's a huge, huge upgrade visually. Okay. Both uh speed and visuals like that that game was the first game when i played the campaign for modern warfare 2 i was like fuck this is next gen right here i was like holy shit the amount of detail the texture work all running at 120 frames i was blown away like i hadn't been blown away that much by a game yet that and when they finally patched cyberpunk for next gen machines did you say this is the real shit yeah, I did. I sure did. Oh, here comes the drama. Yeah. 
This is the real um, shit. And when I watched, like, when I watched the <laughs> comparison videos, like, I went on YouTube and somebody was like, "Here's Modern Warfare 2 running on a base PS4, base Xbox One." I was like, "Oh my god, look at what is that? That's a blurry fucking mess." Like, I can't believe. Like, for some reason, and I'm sure it's about the amount of money, but also I think that one of the things that um, the Call of Duty developers, it they're using. Carmax technology they're using id tech engine stuff so it's a very fast rendering on the fly kind of an engine it's easily scalable for okay. things and i think that's why they can run it and some of these engines like i love the unreal engine but it's not as scalable it has some issues that's why the gotham knights team had such trouble they were trying to use unreal engine 4 which isn't made for open world stuff that's mm-hmm. why their game is sucking wind at 30 frames a second you know right um but yeah, I would say, yeah. Uh, besides that, the thing that really I can't go back to with the Series X that it does better than anything is is the quick resume feature when you're playing a single player game and you can mm-hmm. literally freeze it in time and go right back to where you were without having to reload the game, reload a save, and it's got that memory that instantly loads. That's like a, a game changer. Dad. I can yes. imagine it's a very, very yes. valuable feature. You get the for you. most amount of gaming you can get, you're like, oh, this is awesome. And I don't yeah. really ever have to look at loading screens. Like, I don't miss loading screens at all. I'm like, oh, man, I don't miss those one minute. It's um, just modern day save states, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I mean, if you're not into the latest and greatest first person shooters, you know, if you're not into that kind of stuff, yeah, you probably don't need one. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, now it seems like they finally solved some of the stuff with freeing up memory and with the new technology, uh, the Fidelity FX from AMD and NVIDIA's new DLSS solutions. You're going to start to see the ray tracing take off because they're going to be able to run it at a lower res, but make you think it's still running at a higher res because of the mm-hmm. way the anti-aliasing works. Um, but yeah, yeah, the first two years were kind of rough and they did do a lot of cross cross-gen stuff i think mainly because it was hard to get these new machines got especially i still have yet to see a playstation 5 at a store i've seen the series x quite a few times i've seen the series s a lot i have never seen a playstation 5 at any store and i go to uh, a big department store like target or walmart at least once a week and i've been to best buy a few times i have never seen a ps5 anywhere for sale yeah, maybe period. strictly black market, you know, like you got to be outside in the alleys of Target. I know they have a pretty good, like, they have a pretty good thing where you can register at Sony.com and they email you and you can order one. But I still, like I'm saying, I've literally yet to see one at a store for an impulse buy. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I think it's but the yeah, same I, in Japan. I, I understand what you're saying, James, but I think if you play you play something that looks as good as Modern Warfare does, running at 120 frames, once you get used to that, it's hard to go back to 60. I can't even do 30 anymore. And 30 to be is fair, out of the question. Offer some concurrence with your point. Um, I've had that 120 experience with Quake, and holy shit, that is a beautiful thing. So right. I can only imagine what that does for something you know, screamingly up to date, like a modern Call of Duty title. Um, I guess the other thing that sort of is entangled in that disappointment, aside from the next-gen consoles, is that the Nintendo Switch is pretty tired right now, man. 
Oh man, yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. Yeah, I know you were saying this about the modern consoles, but I'm a Switch player, you know, and yeah. I'm like dying for a new system because, yeah, there's some impressive ports that people are talking about, like Persona Five Royal. They said, yeah, it runs great on it. Near Automata runs great on it. Witcher right. Three, but come on, man, throw some bone, yeah. Nintendo. Just no, I mean, that switch. thing has been thoroughly, thoroughly mined to within an inch of its life. And, yeah. like, no one needs an update more than Nintendo does. And I'd really have to think, I mean, something needs to materialize, like, within the next 12 months. Like, it's just got to be because... Yeah, because Steam Deck is actually building up Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... It, I would love to see kept, Nintendo yeah. do. Uh, I would love to see them do an update and have it be like Xbox and have it just be completely backwards compatible with the entire Switch library. I think that's oh, yeah, that would be a really good move for them. Yeah, yeah I mean I the cards could be the same. Yeah, yeah, they could use the same carts and just. That's what I mean. Yeah, if they system. just advance the architecture, you know, that still yeah. will play the old stuff. Yeah, I <laughs> think that would be a win-win for them. Because there'll be screen. plenty of people that are like, I don't need that. I can stick with my old one. And then all the people that are like, God, you know what? I'd love to play Overwatch 2 in more than 30 frames a second. They would all yeah. buy it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah definitely. Because that's what people are doing with Steam Deck. Yeah, right. Playing Street Fighter Five on it. And probably yeah, 6 Yeah, if I could play Astral out. Chain or the Bayo games at 4K at a rock solid 60 or more. Yeah, if all that that happened, if they could give me thing. the Metroid Prime trilogy and or oh, Metroid yeah. Prime 4, that would be great. And That's I'd like such a, a tortured I'd, rumor, man. I, I, I'd, I'd like F02 and uh, oh yeah, God, seriously, right? And the new Ridge me. Racer and a pony and a castle and a lot of money. And just, just give me everything, Nintendo God. You know, I yeah. know where you can get a pony, a castle, and a lot of money, and it's a really fun game, Ed, but I don't think it's on Switch, and that's Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which was oh, a really? spinoff from, from Borderlands. That was a lot of fun. That was one of the games I really enjoyed this year. Really fun is that co-op a, is that on Nintendo? Is that on Nintendo so, Switch? Not yet. The other Borderlands God, games are, well, the first two and a half are. They still, I don't think that the newer engine works well on the Switch, because they haven't ported Borderlands 3 or Tiny Tina's Wonderlands there yet. Yeah. Was Tiny Tina in the Borderlands movie? Uh, she was in the movie. <laughs> I didn't do it. It wasn't me this I time. I didn't do it. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, it's out of the way now. Ben would be very proud of you, James. He would be. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he would. I thought All there right. was a no fly zone, but oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, while we have finished with biggest surprises and or disappointments, we are going to take this moment for a break from to let you know about all of our fine friends at the Ruminations Radio Network. Um, the three of us here are part of this wonderful group of creatives that are doing shows on a variety of things, everything from fantasy football, the films, horror flicks, um, our man Optimus here is there with his retro futurist culture podcast. You need to take a deep dive into this stuff and you can begin to do that right at ruminationsradionetwork.com. We'll be back. 
You know what they all say. Fantasy football is like a box of chocolates. And I know you. You love fantasy football. And you love chocolates. Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week, we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope. Block out all the haters with 25 Yards Later, available wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe not where you get your chocolates. And we're back! And we're feeling the sting of disappointment from Optimus. (laughs) (laughs) So it's okay. You can make uh, fun of me about the Mario movie now because that's a thing. It's probably not as bad as Borderlands a movie, but Mario is probably going to turn out just fine, Eddie. I'm pretty sure that's going to be just fine. I I think we're going to have to do the double header like I was talking about. You know, you and me getting (laughs) shit face drunk and just watching that movie. (laughs) <laughs> those movies so for the last leg of our year in review we would like to look ahead to the future and Optimus, i want to start with you what are you most looking forward to in 2023 oh man i kind of got a list here um okay things that that were shown that i'm really excited or that are announced uh well obviously the three of us die hard I'll say this for the end. Okay, so uh, they announced a new armor core. I'm really excited. Dragon's that was Dog- intriguing. That was a yeah. really interesting and odd-looking trailer, like a different sort of style happening, but it looked cool as hell. Capcom finally announced Dragon's Dogma 2. I finally played Dragon's Dogma 1 last year, and I really enjoyed that uh, role-playing game, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Diablo 4, waiting to see more. Uh, the Resident Evil 4 remake looks really good. Jedi Survivor looks really yes. good. Judas, which is the long-awaited game from Ken Levine, the guy that directed Bioshock 1 to 3, that's coming out. Uh, it looks very Bioshock-ish vibe-wise, so I'm excited for that. And then, of course, the one I was going to announce first, but I saved for the last, I'm sure all three of us are going to be frothing at the mouth, Street Fighter Six. Yeah. You know, that's, all my, uh, that's all I can that's think about. That's my 2023 wish list. Yes. Our man, um, our dear friend, uh, Mr. Kenneth Hughes, um, he is on the beta this weekend. And, I signed up for um, it and didn't get in. Ooh. But thus far. I, I, I have um, access to it, but I have to go to that art exhibit that's uh, in. Uh, ah, it's worth it. My neighborhood. Yeah, I, I'll, I'm definitely going to go again because it's going to go away on the 25th. And I plan to go at least one more no. time, if not even today. I you mean, should, you I'll should, probably go today if I want. You, sh- you should milk that for all it's worth, good sir. Definitely. I mean, I I, um, I never get tired of looking at the incredible artworks that Capcom artists have done in the past. In, yeah, in the I saw pl- you reposting yeah. a bunch of those on Twitter, and I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they had an auction yesterday yeah. for all these nice artworks that the uh, artists, former and current artists, they made it just for the auction. They'd done that for the other stops that they had for uh, this exhibition. And it was yesterday and I couldn't go, but oh, if I had the money, I would have bought did the, something. Question for you, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Did the gallery feature um, Joe Jennings' 1996 rendition of Tim <laughs> Lee and Jenny? Uh, I wish, but 
Man, I wish he, he was supposed to come today. He was sick. But it's all right. We yeah. we wish our buddy Sebastian well. We hope uh he and his family are recovering from the flu right now. So yeah, we'll Sebastian is supposed to join that's us. That's going around too, man. Yeah. Yep. Be Couldn't careful out up. there. But Eddie, yeah. what are you most looking forward to in twenty twenty three? Besides Street Fighter Six? The fact that it's actually coming out to arcades as well. And yeah. I'm going to love it because it's what, probably going to come are, out. What are arcades? Um, many so years have, ago. Uh, let me get this straight. Back, back when dinosaurs games, ruled the earth. They have games in public. And you can yeah. just like walk up to one. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't redemption machines that spit out tickets uh, you could damn. actually play for personal enjoyment or to to claim what dominance is that even? yeah <laughs> claim dominance over fighting racing nice. whatever you like but yeah type arcade is what it's called uh, they already have street fighter 5 type ar- arcade but the difference between that and 6 was street fighter 5 type arcade came out like two or three years after the fact that it came out in consoles and people were already like, I'm I'm through with this because Street Fighter Five, if you know in general, it was really mismanaged. And right. Six I, is I wouldn't already... know I never got to play it. Yeah. But see that's why six is gonna be a whole new thing. It's under new management. It's gonna come out on well, all they... systems, it's gonna be in the arcades, it's gonna be awesome. It, it seems like, like they learned most of the appropriate lessons from SF5, right? Yeah. Like, did. leaving it entirely on the PlayStation platform, not a great idea. Um, Making it esports I, only, not a good idea. Or esports yeah. centric, not yeah, a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting though, because it seems like, you know, besides the leadership change that occurred during the middle of. Oh no! Support for <laughs> oh. SF Five. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing is that the, it seems like the last two seasons of that game are going to wind up being a huge reason for why SF Six is good, right? Yeah, because that's when they made the change. That's when uh, Yoshi Nori Ono left Capcom, and then mm-hmm. new directors came in, and they showed. A lot more focus. They sh- they like I've said before. They knew it's kind of like the opposite of Halo Infinite. They they knew what they wanted to do. They had a game plan. They laid it out. They were transparent. They did what they said, and they're doing the same thing with six. That's why mm-hmm. everyone's excited. It's all centered towards the players, not just a certain amount of players that only consist of one percent of the whole population of gamers. No, I'm. That's why it's, I'm genuinely excited for this yep. game, and yeah. um, can't wait. Yeah, to be and honest, Tears of like, the Kingdom too. That's <laughs> the other game that I'm really excited for. I need to play right. the the um, DLC for Zelda Breath of the Wild because I kind of let that sit there because I knew I wanted something to keep me busy before mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom came out. So now that's coming close and I got to start playing that before it comes out. Yeah. Yay. Um, 
Yeah, you you both saw this coming a mile away. Like hands oh, yeah. down, the thing oh, yeah. that I'm most excited for in 2023 is SS6. But I'm also pretty intrigued by Final Fantasy 16. It looks uh, like a really strange potential like return to form. Like it's supposed to be. You mean it's not emo kid? God, sci-fi fantasy (laughs) like 15 was I was like I can't even do this I installed it I played five minutes I was like nope and walk the billboard (laughs) because with cup noodle and all that stuff uh, yeah so uh, no um, I guess there's some minor things that I'm kind of stoked about besides the enormity of SS6 and Final Fantasy 16 Um, I'm also stoked for whenever the 2D HD remake of Dragon Quest 3 appears. Nice. Not sure when that'll happen, but you know, I love the style as deployed by Octopath Traveler and um, Triangle Strategy. So, you know, more uh, more old school JRPG goodness will always uh, find a find a place in my heart. Um, Hoptimus and I wouldn't know about the new Final Fantasy because <laughs> we're never going to play it. Square Enix. Oh, it'll wind up on everything, though. I mean, I don't know, dude. They, uh, they're they held on to that FF7 remake is still a PlayStation exclusive. That is true. Yeah, yeah. You have to wonder how much. It's just a Sony Final Fantasy love story that just can't be solved. It's like. You'll, you always want that divorce. You always want that. I hate hey, it. Come, come I mean, I hate it. Console wars always, trash. Put right. all the games on all the things. Right. So that's that's always been my thing. Like, if you don't want my money, that's fine. I'll buy something else. If you're not going to publish your games on, like some of the games, okay, fine. It's exclusive because you paid for it. But there's, there's some games that for whatever reason are only on PS4 and Switch and not on Xbox or only on Xbox and PS4. Maybe sometimes they're not on the Switch due to the limitations of the hardware. Right. But there's a lot of, and it's probably just because of the markets. They, they don't think Western gamers want some of these Japanese games on Xbox. It's been better. It's definitely gotten a lot better. There's been a lot more shoot 'em up collections coming out and whatnot. But yeah. for a while, it seemed like none of those were coming to Xbox. And I was like, well, I guess if you don't want my money, I uh, don't got to give it to you. You know, that's my hope. That- that's, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I hope these, uh, the big three, they kind of, you know, get along and say hey it's okay if uh, call of duty is on everything it's okay if well that's what yeah. microsoft wants to do according yeah. after they uh, finished this acquisition uh they even approached nintendo and said they're going to bring it back to nintendo and nintendo was all for it yeah. so i would play it jeez if it i mean I don't have Madden. It would probably be on the next hardware because I don't think the current hardware could handle any of the yeah. current Call of Duties. Maybe a classic, like one from 10 years ago. <laughs> but anything, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's better than nothing. Like like I said, I love football. And there, besides Retro Bowl, which is not really a, a, a real football game. It's just an homage to Tecmo Bowl. There's no yeah, Madden. There's no anything. Yeah. So that's why it's frustrating. We, that that's why I hope I have this small glimmer hope that people can get along and <laughs> we can have nice things for all systems. Uh, 
That's all Eddie wants is some nice things. And world right. Gentlemen, do you have anything to add before we wrap it on up? I want a beefier switch. Thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> and fix Pac-Man Museum you? Plus. Please. Uh, no, I just, I'm super excited. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, I love, you, I, I love, I love gaming, and uh, I think that we should all just get along better. I hate the the fanboys and the fan wars. Like I, I. I'm going to be honest. I bought a, I got a deal on a cheap PS4 and I had it for a little while and it was kind of neat, but after a while it just sat there and collected dust. So I got rid of it and it wasn't anything wrong with the PS4. It's just that I have such a backlog on my Xbox that I was like, I can't like in good conscious. Plus uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a whore. I'm so into the 120 frame. It's hard to play some of these older games that run at 30 frames. So maybe later on, if I get a nice PS5, it'll change. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the PS5. Thinking, that's my PS5 hope. You get a PS5. A, the PS5 needs a redesign because that thing is ugly. It is. <laughs> oh, you know. And that's coming. the funny thing to me is that, like, with regard to the Japanese market, like, Sony doesn't even have that excuse this time that they've got like a smaller, sleeker unit. Like the PS5 is a big honking something or other, and like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Actually, I would love to own one because of the backwards compatibility that it's right. got. I think Same. a lot of my PS4 games would be great yep. to play on that. And there's some PS5 games, God of War, um, the Demon Souls remake. There are some things that I would definitely like to play there. I'm um, also Returnal is another one, but that big thing, man. Like I don't want to. I don't want to find the space for that thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, would you store the monolith? But, I know, and like, you know, shit. They don't even have that advantage of the Japanese market this time. Like that thing is enormous. So, yeah. Uh, um, at any rate, it but, but, has been a pleasure talking games with you, gentlemen, once again. Uh, more more shoot 'em ups. More schmucks yeah. all the and, time. And and everyone, please. Uh, just have a good time gaming. Oh, from, my from other thing, if, if anybody is listening, is if you're making a fighting game and you don't have a fucking round-robin lobby system, you should fucking get fired. It's ridiculous <laughs> when fighting games come out without lobbies. Like, what is the point? Like, yeah. what is the point? What Sorry, uh, game are rant. you trying to refer to? I'm just thinking recently, It's they've gotten better recently, but there's mm-hmm. been a lot of releases where like the Samurai Showdown collection came out. It's 1v1 only. Play play randoms or play your friend. You still have to come back to the lobby and search again. And I'm like, no. Like, yeah. I'm glad the Capcom fighting collection had a real lobby system. Like, But it's weird. To, in the heyday of online fighters, VF5 had lobbies sf4 had lobbies like you know all these games had lobbies and then recently um not a lot of them have or they've been clunky so it's you like know they just forget what the good ideas are like right. as a subset of this good lord man sf2 on the super nes figured out the whole button config thing in 1990 fucking <laughs> right where you push the button you want and then it puts it yeah. right there yeah yeah, yeah. How, i hate uh, the like, ones where is, i hate the it, ones where you have to manually click over you're like are you serious why can't i just hit the fucking button yeah no <laughs> it's the most cockeyed thing in the world yeah devs oh. fighting game devs got to keep us in mind please yep 
That's Damn, my, this was a like hope. thrilling turbo fetch to end this thing. Like that was <laughs> that was exciting, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like a we, we did a festivus. We, we had did. an airing of grievances. <laughs> we gorged on that stuff, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, we love you guys. Gentlemen, I miss and love both of you. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure to wrap up the year here at Oh God It Hurts. We will see all of you next time. Goodbye. Next year. Bye.